best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me, as always, is Willow. Doing good? Yeah. All right. Hope you all are doing good. Today I'm in a mood, and I don't know how to describe it, so I won't, and we're just going to get right into our case, because that's the kind of um, business time. That's and I, well, I just want to know what it is, too. I'm really excited. Um. So today's episode is about the Lonely Hearts Killers. Oh, that sounds um, fun. I thought it was appropriate since Valentine's Day is, like, in a couple days. It is appropriate. And, uh, yeah, I had never heard of them. They This is a couple that killed in the 1940s, and so, um, I don't know, I really like that era. Everybody's so, like, fancy and suave, and everybody talks like radio voice, right? Well, everyone talks like this. Yes. It's our radio voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the Lonely Hearts Killers, um, there's actually, like, quite a few uh people that are just like lonely hearts killers that like get, contact women through like personal ads in the newspapers and um and murder them um yeah. <laughs> it would be the equivalent of like a craigslist killer yeah, it's like a craigslist, yeah or like um a tender, tender murder there's a lot of those um there's tons of them but this is the only couple that killed via Oh, Lonely that's Hearts. very cool. I mean, it's not cool, but, but yeah. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Lonely Hearts ads, uh, or like the personal ads in general, I just thought it was really interesting that like, this is something that humankind have been doing for 300 years. Even longer. I would yeah. imagine if you go to Rome, like on some side of some building, it's like, I'm horny and single. <laughs> Hit me up in ye old bath. <laughs> well, I mean, like, specifically in newspapers, I think. Yes. Um, Since there have been newspapers, there's been Lonely Hearts ads. Yeah, yeah. It was even noted that um, when Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old, he put in an ad in the paper. And I oh, no. don't really want to read it just because it's really hard to read because it's how they spoke back then. Because um, this is in 1722, and it's just really awkward. But it was basically a joke. Like, it was his way of joking. He was trolling. Yeah, yeah. He was being a 16-year-old fucking troll in the newspaper, and I just think that's brilliant. Polish mine ye old knob. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I just agreed. He the- was such a fucking perv, though. We ought to cover him just not as a true crime, but as an interesting guy, because yeah. he was nasty. Really? I mean, I didn't really know that oh, much Oh, he him. was nasty. He was fucking, like, different bitches 24-7. That was, like... And, like, many bitches at once. And sometimes dudes, too, why not throw one in there? Hell yeah. Just just don't let the balls touch. <laughs> that it's not gay. Oh. Okay. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. That's <laughs> my job. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so this... Um, the Lonely Hearts Killers is... Um, Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck. And so I'm going to start with Raymond Fernandez. Um, he was born December 17th in 1914. He was born in Hawaii to Spanish parents, and he, um, they ended up moving to Connecticut whenever he was about three. But it was reported that he was very, very sickly, and it was never said, like, exactly what he had, but his parents, like, really resented him. They hated him. Was it because um, he was just, they were always, like, having to take care of him because he was sick? 
Yeah, well, he was also, like, really frail, and he looked kind of... It just always says that he was, like, he always looked frail, frail and sickly, and, and they didn't like the way he looked. Jeez, and guys. I know. <laughs> this whole case is fucked up about people's appearance, and I don't appreciate it. Um, but they, like, I, throughout all the different sources I read about, like, because I was, like, really curious. like What, what the, the fuck? fuck was wrong with him? Yeah, like, what do they mean by this? I'm expe- I'm suspecting that um, they that he might have had like polio or something back then. You know what? Anytime I hear like an old timey case where the kid is sickly, I just say rickets. Yeah, it was just rickets. Yeah. <laughs> it just that, that word sounds funny. I know that's why I said it. <laughs> terrible childhood illness. But yeah, um, they ended up moving to Connecticut whenever he was three, and his father was like this. He, he was always labeled as, like, a handyman, which I guess it's kind of just a odd term. I guess, like, he was mostly a mechanic, but he just helped with uh, odd jobs around town. Um, but he was very much, like, a, like a brute. Like, he was very, like, strong and, like, heavy-handed. That machismo and, kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, for some reason, his parents wouldn't let him go to school, so he was, like, just not able to read or write. Look, if you don't like him, send him to school. Then you deal with him. Le- I don't understand. These I don't people. understand either. Um, I, it may have just been the times. Like, maybe he was so sick and frail that he couldn't go to school. Or maybe they just didn't want him getting hurt at school. I don't know. I don't know. But for Weird childhood. Reason, yeah. It's, it's, it, and as a kid, you can tell when an adult, like, resents you. Even uh-huh. if they don't, like, yell at you or hit you. Absolutely. You can feel it. Yeah. Um... I know. <laughs> I know people don't so, like me now, and I knew it then. I was adopted, and I was always like, can you just, like, return me? <laughs> like, return to sender, please. You got the receipt. Um, can you just... You don't like me, <laughs> so... Just... I get it. I'm a disappointment. Damn. Fuck <laughs> me back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he... He was just always, like like, highly ridiculed and, like, talked down to and talked down about, like... The In the case always, of like, like nature versus nurture, this is going to be a nurture issue. I have a feeling. Yes, absolutely. Um, whenever he, it was reported that whenever he was sixteen, um, him and some friends stole two chickens and got arrested. Damn. Not a big deal, right? Uh-huh. But the other two boys, like their families, bailed them out of jail, and they like only got booked in, and then they were released. But his family wouldn't do that, and so he had to go to jail for two months. For stealing a chicken. Dude. And I just think that's stupid. I think that's also stupid. I don't like stealing, and I definitely don't like animal cruelty. <sighs> no. But he's fucking... a 16-year-old kid who's been kept up in his house his whole life. Let the boy learn the hard way, but not that hard. Jesus Christ. That's throwing several books at him God. at once. Like, chill. Yeah. Um, and at some point around this time, his parents had kind of just been fed up with him they didn't like him anyway so they sent him off to his uncle's house where he had a farm and it was it was said that like during this time with like the fresh air and the farm and like the this manual labor stuff, yeah. yeah he actually got pretty strong and um like around 18 um he like finally became an adult he moved back to spain like where his family was like originally from and his dad actually had become mayor of a town there randomly i don't know i couldn't really find 
much else about like how he just always, randomly became a as mayor. As a kid, I thought it was like hard to become mayor, and then like a cat became mayor in Alaska. It's not hard. <laughs> well, some, some <laughs> Spanish guy in Connecticut became mayor of a town in Spain just randomly, apparently, and the whole family moved, and um, there he became. Like, he was around, like, the age of 20. He became an ice cream vendor. And I thought this was interesting to note because he's an ice cream vendor in, like, this very popular, like, vacation attraction place in Spain. And while he's, like, just selling ice cream to people, he's also, like, he becomes an intelligence officer with the British Army. And, like, starts sending them information during World War II. Is he still illiterate? Probably, but, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure because he, he stays that way his entire life. But I'm just assuming that, like, while he's, like, handing out fucking ice cream cones to Nazis, he's like, yes, yes, interesting. Yeah, here you go. And then he just, like, reports back. I love that, though. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's wild. Like, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and he actually, um, like, becomes, like, a very, like, notable like soldier eventually um the defense uh, security office stated that he was completely loyal to the allied forces and performed his duties which were occasionally difficult and dangerous exceptionally well, well damn. so yeah he was actually a really cool soldier and um he married a spanish woman he had four children and he eventually just like got tired of them and abandoned them like, like you do. Like you do. And by December 1945, he was boarding a ship to America um, with the Navy, and a steel hatch fell on him, um, and it fractured his skull, and this was a very traumatic brain injury. That can change um, your whole fucking personality. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You, Did you hear that recently they found Bob Saget's cause of death? No. Okay, so, you know, he died recently, the guy that was in Full House, the dad in Full House. Everybody made a big stink about, like, everybody was like, oh, no, Bob Saget. And I was like, he touched? No, he did not. I thought he did. No, he did not. That was a terrible rumor that someone started. It's not true. okay. But anyway, um... I mean, I'm not, like, a fan or anything, but he what he had done is bumped his head earlier in the evening, and he felt tired and had a headache, went to bed, and that's what killed him. No way. Yes way. That's probably gonna... That, I... I have so many head injuries that I, I bet that's how I well, If you get tired after bumping your noggin, don't go to bed. Okay. Just saying. I know that's what they say. Yeah. But, yeah, he, um, it, it fractured his skull. It, like, completely destroyed his frontal lobe. That's pretty significant. Which we all know what happens, um, from that. And it also, like, left a huge indentation right there, and, like... It's a miracle like, he didn't die. Yeah, it was. Um, and he didn't have any hair there after, like, for the oh, rest of his life afterwards. Dang. Like, it was, like, a physical deformity afterwards, and then, like, his face, like, his, his facial expressions changed, and just like you said, his personality completely changed. He went from being, like, like... I mean, yeah, he was kind of always a douchebag, but he was, like, a happy one, you know? Like, well, he was capable, clearly, even without yeah, an education yeah. and, and illiteracy. Um, 
it does, and I just want to say before I go any further, because uh, traumatic brain injury isn't well understood. Mm-hmm. I suffered a stage four traumatic brain injury in my car accident, and it did not change my personality, although it fucked me up real good. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always, but can sometimes. I just want to stress that Absolutely. in case anybody Absolutely. listening has had Absolutely. one. We're not saying that it makes you a murderer. No, of course not. no, not at all. I just said that we know what happens when that happens is because there are a lot of people that do become serial killers that have... Frontal lobe, lobe injuries. injuries. Well, yeah. it's responsible for a lot of like decision making. Right. Like, well, right and he's and... he's like twenty around, like in his early twenties at this point. So it's it's not fully developed for him. Yes, it fucked so, it up really. Yeah, good. it yeah. fucked him up really good. And yeah, like he went from being like a happy person to like a very dark, very moody, very violent person. It can cause you know, anger he, issues for he sure. He had been so frail growing up and then overcompensated in the late teens. And now he's injured again. And now he's injured. That sucks. Yes, yeah, yes. but it was very traumatizing in Absolutely. general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it... It really, really, like, messed him up socially and apparently messed him up, like, in a weird sexual way, too. Like, he became, like, very terrible. And, um, yeah, now he's, like, way more prone to rage and is constantly, for the rest of his life, complaining of headaches, which you can imagine. Yeah. So, after a year in the hospital, he was released. That's a and long time. He, yeah, and then he had to board the ship that he was on originally, and he had to go back on the course, and he was headed to Alabama. And when the ship docked in Alabama, he noticed, like, on the way out that um, people were, like, taking things out of a storage room um, near one of the exits. And he, I guess, just saw them doing this and thought that that's what he should do. And so he just started stealing things. Okay. Like, instead of, like, the other people were taking their things, he just started taking other people's things and tried to get them through customs. Like, and when he got arrested for this, he was, like, very, like, disoriented. Like, I don't know why I did that. Like, I literally have no... What's that? Like, I couldn't stop myself. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, weird, like, kind of weirded out that he even did it. But it was just like, yeah, he couldn't help it. Um, but yeah, then he was in prison for a year in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, and at this point in um, in prison, he met a man. Uh, one of his cellmates was a Haitian voodoo like practitioner, and um, and apparently he had claimed to like know black magic or whatever and and had claimed all these different things and so apparently he had taught him this um huh yes and i couldn't find I see it going that way I but i'm here find for the it. name of this person at all so i don't really know like if exact, that's even if true that's even that's, true yeah. or if it's exactly what happened i know that he stumbled across a book on haitian voodoo in prison um that was like full of like really whitewashed disinformation but he this is kind of like his mental background for the rest of his life is that he's doing all these like voodoo rituals that aren't really he's not really no i figured um, it was gonna really, go down really there, thinks yeah. he, he is and he's utilizing it like in all of his schemes like it's all part of this voodoo thing um but it's not he's a spanish man it's so, pretty wild i love yeah. it um 
But yeah, he started writing to women um, in prison and apparently had like sprinkled like some sort of special powder that he had into their like horny powder. Uh-huh. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> so that way, whenever he wrote to women from jail, um, like, he could perform these, like, remote rituals where he would, like, have them send them send him their hair, and then they would, like, he would be able to give them unlimited orgasms via... Where letter. do I send my hair? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess this is kind of, like, where he gets his practice for... You know Later. the rest. Yeah, yeah, the rest of the episode. Um, but yeah, he ended up finishing his sentence and moving to New York City in 1946. And then he started answering all of the personal ads in the Lonely Hearts Club there. And he would like wine and dine them. He would take them out. He would, um, you know, charm them into bed. And then he would rob them of everything they possessed. And these women would be, you know, completely embarrassed. So they don't want to tell the police. So they don't want to tell the police. Exactly. And he's sitting there thinking that it's his voodoo sex magic that is making them, you know, so, like, he's so irresistible to them. Of course they're not going to tell the cops. Because they're, like, so in love with me because of my voodoo. But this is, this is 1946. Like, they're just horrendously mortified that they let themselves get in that position. Yeah, because it was, it was a taboo thing to write into these ads. It was very, like... Well, and pre-marital sex was, like, very frowned upon. Yes. Well, and up until a certain point, men were only allowed to write into these ads. Like, I read an article that said that, like, I think it was, like, somewhere in, like, in the 1800s, a woman wrote in. um, I think she was, like, a widow or something, but she wrote in, and she was put into, the like, a mental institution and you know back then like well, we couldn't have credit cards that. in our name until the night until 1976 yeah. so yeah yeah so that's fucked so it was just really frowned upon so of course he'd, you he you know, got away with it because of the societal pressure yeah absolutely yeah. and i mean he he was able to pay for his housing for months with this i bet like very easily and um and he started, like, kind of getting a, a ritual down, you know? Like, he, he got his scheme going. He was really good at it. And then he came across a man, or a, a man, a woman named, and I got two different names here. It was either Jane Thompson or Lucilia Thompson. I'm going to go with Jane Thompson because that's the one I heard the most. But it may be, like, you know, It may be just, like, a Jane... Lucilia Thompson. Or Lucilia Jane or something like that. Yes, exactly. But her and her mom ran the boarding house that he was living in. So while he's doing all this and, like, dating all these women and um, stealing all their money and everything, he ends up meeting his, basically, his landlords, and he starts swindling the daughter of the the mother who owns the place. Oh, don't shit where you Mm -hmm. sleep, sir. Mm -hmm. He, uh... He he hooks her like she falls madly in love with him, and um, dented head and all. Yeah, I don't know at what point he starts wearing the toupee, but at some point he wears the oh, toupee to cover up that yeah. that whole yeah, mess. Yeah, 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 that whole mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, that comes up later, but um, they started dating, and he ended up traveling to Spain with her, where. They visited his estranged wife and children, and they were just like, "Hi, nice to meet you. This is my girlfriend." Um, and basically, like, 
they they were going around basically acting as if they were husband and wife when they went everywhere else and so it kind of felt like a honeymoon and so it was even kind of weirder um but there for a while like they stayed for several weeks and there for a while um his estranged wife actually like started going out on the town with them and it became like this like threesome like they didn't they didn't have sex together but it became like a buds like yeah um and the three of them like went out for several nights having drinks together and eating out to like fancy restaurants and having a good time um which i just thought was a little strange but i mean good for them um (laughs) (laughs) but um apparently at one point an argument ensued on November 7th, 1947, at the hotel that uh, Jane and Raymond were staying at, um, they just got into a huge fight, and it's not really told, like, it's not really said, like, what they were fighting about, um, but they got into a huge fight, and she was found dead the next day under suspicious circumstances. Um, a lot of people believe it was possibly poison. The autopsy said she died of a heart attack or heart failure due to gastro, gastroenteritis, um, which is technically the stomach flu. Um, now this could be caused by eating or drinking contaminated food or water. Um, it could be like similar to like a bacterial infection, like salmonella. Yes. Or Um, heavy lead poisoning. Like arsenic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you're really good at that. I love it. Um, so he ended up uh, basically forging her will and taking possession of her entire property. Classy. Um, he seized control of her entire flat in New York and even kicked the mother out. Because the mother, her oh, mother was still living there. That's terrible. Yeah. He was basically like, oh, I like this place I'm living. You know what would be great? Is if I owned it. Bye, bitch. Yeah. Adios. So, uh, that happened. And then, in 1947, he answered a personal ad placed by Martha Beck. So, now we're going to go into Martha Beck. So, Martha Beck was born um, Martha Jewel Seabrook in uh, May 6th, 1920, in Milton, Florida. Um, It was reported that she had a grand... Uh, a glandular problem, a glandular problem, I'm sorry. Um, glandular, glandular. Um, Me glands. Sorry, I was like processing, thinking ahead. Um, but I went on to, I went down so many rabbit holes trying to figure out what the fuck they meant by a glandular problem. It meant problem. she was, he, she was chunky. It did, but I wanted to That's know what they why. Called it. That's what I, they called it back then. There's like anybody who was like, not a always, heavier. but it was really a polite way of saying, Fat ass. Oh my god, I don't like that. No. I don't like that. I'm not a fan. I really don't like that. Well, apparently this, like, like, she had some sort of disease or, like, some sort of, um, something was going on because she, she was a heavier person, but she, um, she reportedly like started puberty extremely early and it had like a high sex drive by 10. You know, it's probably like PCOS or something. I believe so as well. Hormonal issue is what mm-hmm. it sounds like more mm-hmm. so than, and I went mm-hmm. ahead while you were talking and looked up pictures of these people because I'm just that way. And she's got a little mustache situation going on. I'd looked for it. I a little really bit. Did. I see the shadow of okay. one there. 
And so I just think PCOS might be, because people with PCOS can grow facial hair sometimes. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, and that's why I look for it. Um, but I've also, I also stumbled upon a thing called precocious um, sexual development or precocious puberty. That can happen too, it's just puberty and sexuality just, really like, young. spontaneously happens very, very young. Yeah, it can happen, for um, sure. But yeah, I, I really did try to find like something other than Glands. glandular... That's just them just saying disorder. she fat and we don't know why that's why she is. A lot of people like to just be like, well, her thyroid is slow, you know, and that's why. But it's not always the case. Um, well, that's not that's that can be related to hormonal issues as well. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Just um, but yeah, it, it was said um, in some of the documents. It was said that by the age of ten, she possessed an adult intercourse drive. So at ten. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought it was significant. I didn't really want to harp on it because every article I read, excuse me, and every video that I saw and everything that I listened to, everyone, including the newspapers of this time, um, and all of her family, all of her friends, her entire town, everyone around this woman had something to say about her appearance. And it was, I mean, it was very triggering to have to do this episode um, at least to do the research, because, I mean, more so than, like, like the really brutal slayings that I've read, because I can kind of disassociate through that, because it's so over the top. And it's not really, but like, related this to woman, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, this woman, I feel for her, because, like, I've had, I, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but my family was really mean to me about my appearance. Same. There was a lot of people in school, and a lot of, you know, there was issues there. Look, if you grew up in the 90s, and you didn't weigh 100 pounds, you, people were not nice to you. Yeah. And yeah, people and are still for not the nice 1940s. to me. Like, the, they just came out of, you know, the Great Depression and everything, and everybody's, like, pretty thin, and, and the woman's appearance, like, the, the maintenance of your appearance was constantly in, like, all the tabloids, the, everywhere yeah. you went. It, there was diet pills, there was weird-ass machines that they were using. Oh, I you know, them, it was yeah. like, it was such an in-your-face craze. Well, it was like, make your titties bigger, but everything else smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um. Pretty wild. It really was, it was, it was over the top with this case. So I want that to kind of play in and the And I background. looked at her, and I'm going to be honest, she looks kind of like a normal woman to me. She's, she's a, a very normal woman. Just a little heavy set, but not even like, she's, no she's deal. what I think of, when I think of like, that age, like, she's a woman. She's a woman. She's That's just it. a lady. She's just Calm a lady. Down. Yeah. Um, when she was arrested, I think uh, she weighed 233. So, like, come on, y'all. She's not even that big. Calm down. Just, I think she was cute. I thought she was adorable, and she was so happy um, by the end of it, which, whatever. But, I don't know. I, I want that to play in the background, not the foreground, because it was her foreground her entire life. You know what I mean? Like, and then I don't like that part. Um, it's not fair. Um, because her mother was really mean to her about it. Um... And because of all this stuff that she was going through with, like, her puberty and everything, um, she actually ended up becoming sexually assaulted by her brother at a very young age. Aww. And I'm not sure exactly what age, but I'm, I'm assuming around 10. Um, 
because that was like a huge time in her life. Um, but her mother ended up like beating the shit out of her over it and blaming her for it and saying it was all her fault because she's going through puberty and being, you know, quote unquote, overly sexual for a 10 year old that she lured her brother into this. And, um, and it was just really, really terrible. And it was really traumatizing to her and she had nowhere to go. You know, she tried to call out for help and say, Hey, you know, he did this to me and in they return, blamed her for it. they blamed her. That and tracks. She ended up running away, and I thought this was a cute little fun fact. She ran away with one of her friends named Truman Capote. <gasps> I know. I almost started crying. <laughs> I know. I know. They were right around the same age, and they ran away for a summer together, and, like, they were, like, kind of, like, two little best friend hooligans, and then when they came back, like, they just came back home, um, they just split ways. They never saw each other again. And it was said that, like, some, like, Truman was, like, with somebody when they were watching the news whenever they were, like, all over the news when they were being arrested. And his friend was like, hey, you know that, that girl? You ran away with her that summer. And he was like, oh, is that her? Oh, cool. You know? Like, <laughs> I guess not cool, but. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was. That was kind of little. Yeah. Aww, yeah. Small world. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. Um, oh, Sorry. That's my phone weird. Um, it's all ruined now. <laughs> it is all ruined. Um, but yeah, she ended up coming back and she... Um, oh goodness, I scrolled too far. I'm so sorry. Where are we at? There we are. Um, <laughs> she, she came back and her mother just ended up like hawking over her basically the entire time well, yeah. and watching every little thing she did and like simultaneously like just like putting her down berating her constantly berating her constantly yeah. that's great and um and anytime like a boy like looked at her or vice versa like her mother would just like hurl threats at them and and like My insults God. and like it was it was really really rough it was like obviously very abusive and like, all the kids were making fun of her at school, and she... It just sounds like hell. She just had hell, and so she just became very reclusive. And she decided that she wanted to become a nurse, um, because maybe she could help people. And so she finished high school, she started studying for nursing, and she ended up graduating in Pensacola at the top of her class in 1942. Um, but she had trouble finding a job because of her weight. People didn't want to hire her because of the way she looked. And that's so fucked. It's so fucked. Because later she becomes, like, a superintendent of a hospital. You know what I mean? Like, she's really good at nursing. But they just didn't like the way she looked. And that broke my heart. Um, So for a short time, um, still there in Pensacola, she... The only job she could find was um, being an undertaker's assistant. And preparing, like strictly female bodies for burial so she's just kind of sitting there like nobody likes me everyone hates me i can't even work with human beings that are alive alive. that's so funny only people that want to be around me don't even want to because they're dead they're fucking dead like that's all i get they don't even get to say and if they could say they'd probably say fuck off yeah oh my god i I know i i hated studying this case (laughs) it was just so sad i felt so bad for her um, 
She ended up quitting that job in late 1942, and she moved to California, where she ended up working in an army hospital as a nurse. And at this job, she would, like, go out at night to all the bars in California, and it's, like, right in a port, so, like, she was around army officers all the time, so she would end up, you know, getting frisky with all of them. So she ended up picking them up a lot. Because, yeah, you um, could say you don't like fat girls all day, but my body count is high, y'all. Exactly, it is high. Exactly. And you so like them hers. big titties and them exactly. big Exactly, and she proved that, too. Um, and one night, she ended up actually getting pregnant. Um, the father of this child, she tried to convince to marry him, but he refused so much that he tried to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge, and he couldn't even do, like, they rescued him. He didn't even do it. Damn. But, like, how sad. How fucking sad. So she's there pregnant and all alone. And She's like, please marry me so her child can have a life. And he's like, I'm going to jump off a bridge. You know what? I'd rather die. And that's just heartbreaking. That's just awful. And so she has to go um, move back in with her folks. Um, But she realizes obviously that like everybody's going to ask her about her pregnancy like who's the dad and like shun her if she if they knew the truth and so she fakes she gets a fake wedding ring and basically says that she got married while she was out in California and it's obviously the baby's father and um that you know he's he's a Navy officer and that he's going to be coming home from the Pacific soon. And, um, and then, you know, just a few days later, she like had a telegram mailed to her that said that her husband died. And then she did this like, you know, yeah, she did good for herself. So she like, you know, publicly cried and everybody boo hooed with her. And, um, she really loved this attention. She loved it. Yeah. She's never had positive attention. Never had positive attention. And, um, and so she ended up giving birth to a daughter named Willa Dean. I thought that was so cute. It is cute. Willa Dean in 1944. (laughs) Um, soon after that, like very soon after she gave birth, she met a bus driver named Alfred Beck. And she very soon after that became pregnant with his child. And in um, 1944, later that year, they ended up getting married, and they divorced six months later. Damn. Yep. He tried. Um, (laughs) He did. He tried. Yeah. He was, yeah. Um, But now she's alone, and now she has two tiny children. By herself. By herself. Which is back then is even harder than it'd be back right now. Well, she is living with her parents right now. Yeah, but they suck. They do. And I'm sure she hears it all the time. Oh, yes. Um, But she's pretty much alone, and she starts indulging in romance novels and romance films, especially of this time and era. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was so juicy. It was like like the pinnacle of, like, rom-com. Like, bodice rippers. And everybody has, like, such, like dramatic kisses and everybody's like it's all so gone with the wind is what it. it is yeah it's, all it's, gone it's with the wind. big romance yeah big big and so she kind of um gets involved in this like almost like fantasy world of hers where she thinks that she's going to have a love just like this and it's going to be a big big love and it's going to be some like romantic like 
suave, debonair man that's going to, like... It's going to be a Fabio yep. ride up on a horse from the Scottish, mm-hmm. Scottish Highlands. And she very much wants um, a quote-unquote exotic lover. She wants a Spanish lover! She does, and she keeps on getting away. it! Yeah. Um... But yeah, she kind of creates a fantasy world for herself, and she becomes obsessed. And um, soon she ends up getting a job as a nurse at a children's hospital in Pensacola, and uh, she loved this. She thrived here. And eventually, she became the nurse superintendent at this hospital. Um, And then one day, she received an advertisement for a Lonely Hearts Club that a co-worker had sent her as a prank. Oh, that's mean. Basically saying, like, oh, you're so obsessed with this, like, weird-ass fantasy life. Why don't you write a Lonely Hearts Club, you fucking lonely girl? You know, that kind of thing. Like, pushing at her or poking at her. Um, But she did it. Like, she built it out. She was like, fine, fuck you, I will. And she did. Um, She filled out the form and submitted it. and, um, And everyone that, like, talks about this case says that she filled it out without purposely without putting her weight down and i'm just like y'all calm calm down down. maybe she's tired of talking about it yeah i'm tired of talking about it quit trying to make it like it's so dishonest yeah it's really it continues it's so stupid but um yeah she was only like 250 at this time like who fucking cares calm down down. um her advertisement um was published like soon after that and then every day for two weeks straight she checked her mail um and one day in 1947 just before christmas she did get a reply and this was her first and only lonely hearts reply and it was from raymond at uh and from new york city and this is their love story this is how it begins So he claims that he is a wealthy and respectable businessman. He is in the import-export industry, just like everyone back then, right? I'm in the import-exports, yes. That's what I say when people ask me what I do. I'm in imports and exports. Yes. (laughs) It's so vague. Um, I know, right? But um, he told her that he had moved there from Spain, um, uh, from Spain to America for better business opportunities, and um, he had just gotten this huge-ass apartment in New York, and he was like, what am I going to do with all this space? It's such a big apartment. I just put a woman in it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I need a wife to share it with me. Yeah. and, and pay for it. You know, and he does this thing <laughs> with all of his people where he, like, takes some of their things about themselves and uses it against them. Like, yeah. Like, if it's somebody religious, he'll be like, oh, and I love the Lord. You know? Yeah. Like, she's a nurse, so he, he was like, well, I know that you, you know, are very loving and nurturing, and you have children, and so that I love like, kids! You are very loving, and, and I, I love that about you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, really, really... Hamming it up. Yeah, he, he got her. But that's what she wanted. It's exactly what she wanted, and she was finally getting it. So she was one of the easier targets. Um, yeah. She, she ate it up. So um, she ended up taking his letter everywhere she went and reading it constantly over and over That and is over pitiful. Again. I know. <laughs> God. I know. She ended up purchasing fancy sta- stationery, and she began, like writing every single day for about two weeks and um eventually Raymond ended up 
going down there. Their correspondence during this time um, consisted of about 12 letters and tons of photographs. And Martha made sure to include a photo of her, but she was in a group photo, so you could only see, like, part of her face. And I know. Okay. And she, even, she even, like, wrote on it, and I don't even care to talk about it, but she was, like... She was just like, you know, this doesn't even do me justice. Like, you know, just being weird about it. And, uh... Well, I don't blame her for being weird. But the weird. thing is, is, like, Raymond doesn't fucking care. Like, if you look at his victim list, and if you look at all the people that he, swindled. Um, swindled at the very beginning, they're all ages, all body types, all faces. He's all not in this he for his attraction. He wants... He's attracted to money. Yes. Yes. Um... But, yeah. That man is homosexual. He's a homosexual, a thousand percent. Um, but, yeah, he thought that Martha probably had a lot of money since she was a nurse. She doesn't. But, no. you know. Um, and so Mar- he ended up asking Martha for a lock of hair like he asked everybody else to do their whole voodoo ceremony. And Martha was like, oh, my God, he loves me, loves me, loves me. He's asking for my hair. Like, oh my god. I've oh never no. had a boy ask me for my hair. So, yeah. She, I'm she surprised was... she didn't send him the whole weave. <laughs> Just to buzz it off. <laughs> no. I cracked myself up. She I'm even good. sprayed the lock of hair with perfume. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> and she, yeah, she basically thought that all of her, like, little fairy tale dreams that she had had were coming true. And, um... And once he, you know, realized that she was definitely hooked on him, he decided, well, he told her that he couldn't wait any longer and that he had to come see her. So he took a train down. And, uh, choo-choo, motherfucker. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up spending two weeks basically fucking like crazy. Or not two weeks, two days. I'm sorry, two days. Um, she ended up like... Like showing him to like introducing him to her children and everything, oh, and honey. for those just two days, two days, she was like constantly talking about marriage, and he was like, "Oh, I need to go to New York." Aha! <laughs> 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 Import export business. <laughs> she was like, "Okay, well," he was like, "He was like, well, I'll send for you," and she was like, "Oh, this means marriage." Yeah. So she um she ended up telling everybody that he wanted to marry her. Martha, 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 Martha. Yes. And so the whole town was excited that she was getting married again. Like this is exciting. How? They even planned her a shower. On the day of the shower, she got a letter in the mail from Raymond saying no. No, no, no. I didn't mean marriage. I meant shack it up, dummy. Yeah. Yeah, I meant, like, like you could come visit. Why did it have to be on the day of the shower? Can't she just enjoy anything? <gasps> God! I feel so bad if for I her. If I was her, I'd be like, fuck it, I'm, I'm, killing, I'm killing people, too. <laughs> fuck this. I feel so bad for her character. Like, I know she ends up killing people, and she's really terrible later on, but right now... I feel so bad it's for her. It's just the universe is just <laughs> kicking her in the taint so over sad. and over. It's so sad. Um, so she gets this letter, and um, 
she starts freaking the fuck out. She either tried to or threatened to kill herself. Um, so oh, he ended up agreeing that she could come visit him in New York City. So she did, and she stayed for two weeks. Left her babies and everything. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's cuckoo bananas by this point. Yeah. yeah, for sure. At this point, she's going to do anything for him. Yeah. So by the time she got back to Pensacola from New York, um, she was immediately fired from her job. Um, and they would not tell her why. She, like, even, like, went in there to ask, and they were like, no, leave. Um, Weird. They would not tell her why, and so she's assuming that it's because of the the love affair that she's having with Raymond. Um, I'm not really sure exactly. Or did she just, like, go and, like, not give him notice? That's the other thing. She probably just up and left for two weeks and didn't give and him a job And they're like, no, we hired someone else, dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where'd you go? So, um... Her immediate thought was, well, um... I'll just move to New York. I'll just move to New York. I knew it. So she showed up on Raymond's doorstep in New York. With them kids and everything. With them kids and everything. Girl. 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 And Raymond was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, um, and so he kind of had, like, a, like, I think he had, like, an inside mental breakdown at first, (laughs) um, and then, because he had to keep up this charade Because he's getting, he wants money. That, and he really likes, like, later on he admits that, like, this whole time, like, he likes that she gives him so much he likes that she'll do anything for him. Yeah, I figured it was she, something like he that. He really, it's, I mean, she's or, constantly. I'm going to say it, maybe he just liked her. He, I mean, I think he really did by the, like, by the end, yes, he definitely loved her. Maybe. I don't know. He I'm might little, not be capable. I'm, I'm, um, iffy. We'll talk about it, but at this point, he doesn't want to necessarily get rid of her because he likes the fawning that yeah. she's doing. Yeah. Um, he, Again, she doesn't really know what he's up to, um, but I don't know. He kind of likes that she's kind of obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, but he's like, them kids gotta go. Them, them kids gross. They're three and four at this point. Martha. She dropped them off at the Salvation Army. Yeah, well. January 25th, 1948. That's like right after Christmas. That's not a Merry Christmas. That's, that sucks. That's, that's cold. Girl. That's so mean. Yeah. she's. I feel like it's kind of a, a turning point sell your soul moment. Nothing she can do after that is going... She's already dead inside. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. And later, like when she was like on trial on the stand, um, she talks in depth about this, and she just sobs. Why you don't get much sympathy for me, Dingo. No, not at all. Not at all. But you can tell you can tell that like that part broke her and that that, that is why yeah, that's the she ended up killing point, later. As we talk about for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um but this made Raymond trust her enough to tell her everything about himself. So he's like, So I just swindle bitches out of their money. I probably killed somebody in Spain. Yeah. Oh well. And she's and like, That's fine. She was like, Wow, you are so cool. <laughs> Neat. 
And it's her Latin lover with a dark and mysterious past. Well, and she gets to hold all the secrets. She's special. She's special. So not only does she have a Latin lover with a dark past, but she gets to be involved with his scandalous trades. Like, it's so... It really is. It's intense. Um, But yeah, now she's completely devoted to him. him, And now she's like, okay, well, let's work together then. Man, at least she know how to keep a man, I guess. So they start to plan for their next victim. Their next victim, or their first victim together... Um, is a woman by the name of Esther Henney. She is from Pennsylvania, and she um, ended up being corresponded with Raymond through the Lonely Hearts. Esther. All of them do end up, but, huh? Esther. I know, I love it. It's a good name, but it sounds like the name of someone who would be a victim of this particular kind of crime. During the 1940s. A little bit spinstery, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I forgot to get her age, but I think she was older. Um, She... Like, they had been corresponding through letters, and they had kind of already kind of planned to get married. And so they went up to go visit her in Pennsylvania, and Martha went with him and posed as his sister-in-law. And um, um, in 1948, in Fairfax, Virginia, they were married. And from there, um, they went back to her house, and Martha came with them. And, like, this girl's like, what the fuck? This is weird. Um, sister-in-law too was it like from a previous marriage or like brother's sister sister-in-law would be like his brother's sister oh okay. or his brother's wife I his mean. brother's wife okay yeah so she's like why is this bitch here yeah yeah and he's like i don't know just take her around yeah and like they, i mean they ended up they got married and when they came home after their marriage she's like there and like refuses to let her sleep with him and so, yep. yeah, and it becomes, like, a huge big deal, and the woman later ended up saying that, like, her husband, Raymond, was so nice at first, but then, uh-huh. like, the weird stuff with, like, not getting to sleep in the thing, and then and then all of a sudden, Raymond's, like, trying to get her to um, give him, like, her insurance policies and her teacher's pension and all of this. And, like, when she wouldn't do it, he would get really violent and angry and shock out. And uh, she ended up getting scared and left her car, left her apartment, left a few hundred dollars behind, and just booked it. She was one of the only girls that got away. Yeah, I don't I mean, there was a lot of other girls that they just, like, robbed from, but, like, as far as, like, his schemes with Martha, very few victims got away. Damn. Um, But the, I'm just going to go over the victims that we know about. That are for sure. So, his next victim um, was somebody that he, he was kind of, like, placing ads all the time and constantly keeping correspondence with tons of different people at the same time. Um, But this woman, he ended up moving to Green Forest, Arkansas... I know where that is. It's right over there. It's right around the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was funny because, like, um, I watched a video of uh, one girl that was doing this, um, and she put up, like, a Google Maps of it. And I was like, oh, look, there's there's my road. <laughs> I yeah. live there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but that's that's the only cool part about this. Um, anyways, <laughs> he meets this woman named Myrtle Young. Myrtle! 
Myrtle. I know. We love a Myrtle in Arkansas. We sure do. We sure do. He actually, uh, there was a few Myrtles in his in his schemes. I guess it was a popular fucking name. It was a very popular name at this time. I'm going to yes. be honest. It's a name, isn't it? I think it's cute. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I love old lady names. Anyways, so... Um, on August 14th, 1948, in Illinois, they ended up getting married. And why they went to Illinois, I have no idea, but they did. And um, at this point in time, Martha is pretending to be his sister. And she continued, like like she always does, monitoring, monitoring the woman and, like, sleeping in the same bed with her. And, uh. like, yeah, being real weird. Real fucking weird. And this woman didn't like it. She was like, what the fuck? Like, you're not even Bernie gonna... Bernie ain't having this shit. No. Let me sleep with my husband, you fucking weirdo. And, um, she, like, they're on their honeymoon at this point. And she's like, why are you here? And Fuck off! Fuck off! Um, but yeah, she started to complain a lot, and Raymond was like, okay, she needs to calm down. So they slipped her some sleeping pills. Mm. And... They stole $4,000 from her, which I looked it up. It is around $46,000 today. Damn. So they took her drugged up, limp, passed out body and put her on a bus to Little Rock. Damn, that's cold. Little cold. Rock's far, y'all. Yeah, it is. It's a four-hour It's a four-hour drive straight. But back then, I'm sure it was like six or eight or something. Yeah, around there. You know? Um, but yeah, they, she ended up having a brain hemorrhage on that, on that bus ride from the drugs that they had shoved down her throat. And, um, yeah, she was pronounced dead at the hospital in Little Rock. Pretty fucked up. Um, and at this point, Raymond is still like doing a lot of lonely heart scheming, a lot of just stealing at this point. I would imagine. Um, he's not necessarily trying to marry all of them. I think he's just trying to m- marry the heavy hitters. Yeah. Because in the lonely hearts ads, um, they'll say like, woman, um, their age, if they're a widow or not, and then they'll say like, what they're worth. Like women would be like sold Honey, like cattle. No, don't like, do that. No, all of them. I know. All I've of se- them. I've yeah. seen them before, and I was, I believe it was this case that prompted them into not doing that anymore. I would hope so, because oh my god, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, at this point, he's using the name Charles Martin in a lot of his letters, and so that that'll kind of come up later. But um, yeah, all, all these women from now on think that he, his name is Charles Martin. Um, but the next ad that he answers, um, literally just a few days after the Myrtle woman was pronounced dead, he answers a letter for Janet Fay. Janet Fay is 66 years old. She is a widow out of uh, Albany, New York. And after just a few weeks of writing, they decided to meet. On December 30th, 1948, um, Raymond and Martha ended up checking into a hotel in Albany. And... They actually checked into the hotel. It was, like, in the evidence as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fernandez. So they're kind of going around acting they're like they're They're pretending like they're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the next day, he showed up at Janet's house with flowers, and they began talking. They ended up spending several days alone, actually. Okay. And, um, and then a few days later, he introduced Martha to her as his sister, and they ended up spending a few weeks together, the three of them, going out on the town, having drinks, 
whining and dining, that kind of thing. And then Raymond proposed to Janet, she agreed, and they decided to move to Long Island. And in January 1949, like these are just like a couple, like a month maybe, um, Janet Faye ended up going to all of her banks, clearing out all of her bank accounts, um, and like ended up a sum total, like she had cash and checks, like money orders and things like that. Um, but she had about $6,000. Um, Girl. Yeah, which is like... I, I don't have the math right now. But it's I mean, around it's, 50, it's, 60. It's yeah, a lot. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they went to, they all went to Long Island. They ate supper. And when Raymond fell asleep after dinner, Martha walked in to the room that he was sleeping in. And apparently, there's different, different stories about this, but apparently he, she was going in there to talk to him about how close he was getting with Janet Faye. Um, either way, she kind of had her, her feathers ruffled. So when she opened up the door and she saw Janet Faye naked with Raymond, she freaked the She lost out. her shit. She lost her shit. And um, Janet was done with Martha as it was. She threw out her bathrobe and she started screaming too. She was like, she was quoted as saying, um... I won't allow you to live with us. You're the most audacious bitch I've ever seen. Get it. Get her, Janet. Get her. Get her. She's 66 years old. Get her. Audacious um, bitch. Audacious bitch. So, before I die, someone's going to call me an audacious bitch. I <laughs> love it. Um, now, some sources say that Raymond is awake at this point. Some sources say that Raymond is asleep at this point. But either way, um, the... Martha needed to get her quiet. Yeah. It was either Martha just wanted to get her quiet or Raymond told her to quiet her. But either way, Martha claims that she just blacked out and all of a sudden she's being shaken by Raymond saying, Martha, what are you doing? What, what have you done? What's going on? And Martha's just covered in blood. Um, she looks down and there's Janet's body um, with her head completely smashed in. She had... <laughs> just annihilated her with a hammer. She is, I, I honestly could not find an exact number of how many times she yeah. was hit on the head. But it was it was definitely um, a, a thrill kill, a, a kill of passion. But um, they ended up um, checking the body, and she wasn't fully dead. She was still kind of breathing. And so Raymond had to use... Um, a scarf and a garrote to finish her off. But they Gross. ended up taking, um, they ended up cleaning the whole room that they were in, and um, they ended up covering Janet's body with, like, blankets and towels, leaving it in the closet, and then, like, just went to sleep. I was just like, okay, it's fine. I went to sleep. I couldn't do that no, shit. That no, would freak it's me out. And it's smelly. Um, but then the next day, they put her in, like, this chest, took her to Raymond's sister's house, put her in Raymond's sister's basement, let it sit there for, like, I think it was, like, 11 days, 12 days, something like that, almost two weeks. And then um, January 15th, like, these are all, like, like everything's happening so sequential. They're just killing, like, left and right. Um, Raymond ended up mo removing the trunk from the basement, buried her in, the, in a vacant lot, and covered it in cement. Um, then they ended up, like, continuously, like, cashing Janet's checks all over town, and 
they ended up writing Janet's family a letter. Um, it ends up it ends up being a stupid mistake, but it doesn't really have any value later. Um, but yeah, she ended up like like they typed out a letter from Janet to her family, and the family was like, Janet doesn't own a typewriter. She doesn't know how to type. Yeah, this is stupid. This, yeah, like this is fucked up. So they called the police, but they were already gone. Yeah. By the time the police got there, um, they had fled to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where That's they had where met. Where Virus is from? Really? Yes. Huh. Well, they do something terrible here. All right. They meet a woman named Delphine Downing, who is forty-one, and her daughter Raynell, who is two. Um, this is late January, um, 1949, and they meet up with her. I guess they've been corresponding for a while, and Raymond ends up wooing her, wooing the kid, um, basically saying that, you know, like, he loves children, he would love to take care of her, and, you know, she's like, she's like, hell yeah, I finally found the one, um, and Martha hated her, absolutely hated her, because, You'll see, like, picture of her. She's really pretty. Like, not that the rest aren't, but this one has, like, a cute little smile. And um, she's younger than the rest. And, you know, to them, she was prettier than the rest. And so Martha and, really extra hated her, yeah. Well, and Raymond, like, really started to, like, had a connection with her. Liked her, yeah. They really liked each other. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, Martha hated this, and Martha freaked the fuck out. Um, but... She, because of the last incident, she really tried to reel herself back on this one, so she tried to keep quiet. And instead of Martha blowing the whistle on this relationship, actually Delphine did. Delphine walked into the bathroom one morning on quote-unquote Charles, Raymond, and saw the bald spot on his head because he was, like, taking a shower and he had taken off the the toupee toupee and saw the indention, saw the scar, and she started freaking out. was like, you fucking lied to me. Yeah. Like, you lied to me. And it was like, you've been, you know, deceitful. Your head's weird. All this stuff. Yeah. Um, Which I just think is kind of funny because, like, that's what he was lying about. Like, sorry, honey. He's lying about a lot more stuff. It's all the things. (laughs) Yeah. But... She really, like, freaked out on him, and Martha came in and was, like, trying to comfort Delphine and ended up giving her some sleeping pills to calm her down. Um, I don't know what kind of sleeping pills they're using because they're killing people left and right, but um, Raynell, the little two-year-old, was really upset. She, well, yeah. You know, she saw her mother upset, and then her mother was, like, not conscious. You know, not conscious. There's these strangers, strangers in here. are in the house. Absolutely. You know, she starts freaking out and the baby starts crying. Well, Raymond told her to silence the child and Martha put her hands on the child. And I, I read some reports saying that she choked her until she had passed out. I saw other reports saying that she had just choked her and left bruises. But either way, um, it, it wasn't good, obviously. But um, they decided that because when Delphine wakes up, she's going to see what happened to the kid either way. Yeah. Um, she's going to see the bruises. And so they were like, well, we got to get rid of Delphine. So they, you know, take a pillow and cover her head and shoot her through the pillow. Damn. It was like a silencer. That is cold. And the baby's watching this whole time, which just really breaks my heart. 
Um, super fucked. Yeah. Super fucked. And so for the next two days, they're like trying to figure out what to do with this kid. And the whole time, the kid's not eating. No, she's all traumatized. She's extremely traumatized. She wants her mom. She's just crying constantly for her mother. And so Raymond was like, well, you're going to have to kill that kid. Don't do it, Martha. Martha does it, I'm sure. She did. Yeah. She, I, I'm not going to go into detail. She held the kid underwater, and it's not cool at all. Fuck um, you, Martha. So fucked up. And, yeah, this is where I lose any type of remorse for her. I mean, I know she beat somebody in the head with a fucking hammer, but... This was more crime this, of passion than pre cold she, premeditated she, cold murder of a baby. She blacked out that one time. Like this is this is cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fucked up. And um, they ended up burying the child next to the mother, covering it in concrete, and basically walking away. Um, but the thing is, is that instead of like the other incidences, um, where they were smart and they immediately ran, they I think got kind of a thrill off of this. Also, I think that Martha's kind of insecure mm-hmm. um, because they did have a connection. And so for whatever reason, they decided to go on a date and go to the movies. Why? I, I just, you know, I don't know. Um, Could have gone to the movies <sighs> in any other town, but they decided to go to the movies in that town. So by the time they got back and started packing to leave, the police show up. Good. Because the neighbors... They've been making noise. Well, They're no, screaming. And... Nobody heard anything, but the neighbors hadn't seen the little girl and her mother. Which, it's, you know, it's a quiet town. And then, of course, you know, the strangers come in. Yeah. You know, suspicious yeah, they just left without... And then, like, we haven't seen the woman and child. They're always walking around and playing outside. Like, what the fuck? So, the police come. They get them. And, um... They were, yeah, they basically just spill everything. They tell everything. <laughs> They're just like, oh, us? Bleh. You know? Um, <laughs> like wet toilet paper. Whatever, you know. Um, like, yeah, we murdered a whole bunch of people, so Sure did, like, hold, like, every detail. Um, and they ended up signing a 73-page confession letter. Holy shit. But the thing is, is that they would rather be committed in Michigan because Michigan doesn't have the death sentence there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because they didn't have the equipment. They didn't have an electric chair. But Arkansas sure did. I'm gonna, or the, like they'll New shoot your string up. New York did. Yeah. And they had, they had murdered um, Janet Faye yeah. in New York. Um, so, yeah. So they tried to get off in Michigan because the media picked up on this. This was a big trial by media. Oh, yes, it was. So the headlines were everywhere, and the headlines were fucked up. Salacious, I'm sure. Very salacious. Very dehumanizing of uh, Martha. Like, Martha was just, like, the entire thing. Like, everything had to do with Martha. Everything had to do with her appearance. Yeah. And it was fucking terrible. Big they, chunky chunker kills baby. I can't I can't yeah. even form the words that they used to describe her. It was just mean and terrible. And has nothing to do on the bearing of the case, her appearance. Absolutely. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Or, I don't know, maybe if she hadn't been treated like absolute dog shit by literally everyone she ever met, she might not have glammed on to this guy and become a monster. Right. And look, I'm not excusing it. Again, these are not excuses, but they're reasons. They're definitely reasons. This yeah. is a thousand percent she the just reason. hated the world, and this was the only person yeah. that was nice to her. Yeah. There we go. 
And yeah, and I mean, it was basically like her dream. I mean, without the murder, the yeah, moita. The moita. The moita. Um, but yeah, so because the entire public, everyone wanted them dead. Oh, yeah. Um, New York basically formed they kind of an alliance them? and they extradited them. Yeah. Sucks to be them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, in March of 19, uh, 1949, they were extradited, and then and then um, their trial and their execution happens next. But I just wanted to add that it is suspected that they probably killed over 20 women in this style. These are just the women that... They confessed to. That we know about, yeah. yeah. I don't doubt it mm-hmm. at all. At, at the rate they were going... Well, and, and killing a baby is so cold, and they just did it like any split. It just feels like to me that they've gotten callous. Well, and your first kill isn't going to be a blackout kill with a, with a fucking hammer. That's pretty hammer. intense, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be your first kill. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> don't know if I experience, obviously, but... So their execution, um, their trial was like a huge fucking deal. Like it was a circus. It was a fucking circus. There were so many people there. Um, I think it was reported like seven. But um, there's a lot of speculation as far as like what their relationship was like during their, you know time in in prison their their sentences their trial all this stuff um there's a lot of like different stories different viewpoints on like what was really going on between the two of them Mm -hmm. because they were corresponding but they were corresponding with other people as well and so a lot of people say that Raymond was writing letters to his wife back in Spain saying like you know you're the only one I love you so much kisses to the kids you know that kind of thing um, there's a lot of stories saying that Martha was writing back to her mother, talking shit on Raymond, saying that, um... Well, desperate people, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, saying, she basically said that, like, he wasn't a man because he couldn't kill himself, or something stupid like that, very okay, dramatic. Okay, Martha. Um, but at the end, like, when the trial actually happened, they were all over each other, and they were professing their love to everyone. And this was an incredible media frenzy. I'm sure it didn't help um, their case. No, people were spilling out of the courtroom. Um, they had to recess several times just to quiet the crowd. Um, they had gone into explicit detail. Of course. Of all of their crimes and all of like the scandalous... Like voodoo, voodoo sex yeah. rituals oh, that I'm they sure did they love with that people, shit. like so much that like women were fainting, women were like you know clutching their pearls and running out, and like it was a big oh, fucking yeah, yeah yeah it was a big fucking deal. Um, but after the trial, it took jury like just a few hours to deliberate, but they had to come back the next day, and by the next day, like hardly anybody was there at their like sentence. They just didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. Nah, they just wanted over. to hear the story. Yeah. Um, cause they know that they're going to get sentenced to death. Who cares? And yeah, they were sentenced to death. Um, they were executed by electric chair in Sing Sing prison in New York, uh, in 1951, 52 people were there to witness. That's so many. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. That's an electric chair ain't a good way to go. Y'all. No, no. Um, yeah. Uh, the night before his execution, um, 
he had recently gotten a letter from Martha basically professing his love or her love to him. And so the night before his execution, he was quoted as saying, uh, the news brought to me that Martha loves me is the best I've had I've had in years. And now I'm ready to die. And so tonight I'll die like a man. And then he was <laughs> Sorry, brought, so I know, I know. It's so epic. <laughs> and then, so he was brought out to the electric chair, but some other guys like went ahead of him and, when he saw the guy ahead of him go, he, like, freaked the fuck out. Well, yeah. And um, he started shouting, um, I want to shout it out. I love Martha. And, and what do the public know about love? <laughs> well, it ain't, it ain't killing a baby and beating a woman those, to death with a hammer. Those were his quote-unquote famous last words. And then he was completely immobilized. They had to carry him to the electric <laughs> chair so he could die like a man. <laughs> Martha, however, uh, her last words were, My story is a love story, but only those tortured with love can understand what I mean. The death house has only strengthened my feelings for Raymond. Yeah, well, you'll have him in hell, I guess. And I didn't, I could not find his last meal anywhere, but of course they have her last of meal. Of course, because they're fatphobic assholes. Yeah, I read like several articles that also included like her breakfast she had that morning and her lunch and what she did, you know, like she, stupid. But um, her last meal was actually written, like she wrote it on a piece of paper for them, like explicit um, um, directions, <laughs> quote unquote, heavy quotes, because it's not, it just says fried chicken, Hell yeah. no wings. French fries. Fries was spelled F-R-Y-S. French fries, lettuce, and tomato salad. You know what? I approve of that last one. Fried chicken. Fried Mm. chicken. Yeah. So. I've actually eaten so much fried chicken lately that I don't want any more for a minute. I miss fried chicken. So good. But yeah, that is the story of the Lonely Hearts Killers. Great case. Fun story. Right? I mean. I know. I don't know. I feel like when enough time passes and everyone involved is dead, I can say it was fun for me to listen to. It was a typical love story, um, just kind of gone wrong. Absolutely wrong <laughs> on every level. But, Not cute at all. Yeah. But you can, it, it's just so clear. You can see it happening. You know what I mean? And you can see in all of her pictures... She is goo goo gaga starry eyed, just oh, big she is. smile. And he looks like he was hit in the face with a <laughs> yes, shovel. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. We'll post pictures yes, like does. we always do Absolutely. on Facebook. So, our business I'm going to conclude before I run away into the night to collect uh, producer Will from the Dollar General, <laughs> where he works, where they work, excuse me, is uh, please check out our other stuff. I leave a link in the description box. We're writers, photographers, we do all kinds of fun stuff. Producer Will's music's great. Also, please rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Do you want another episode a week and no ads? Just join our Patreon. Oh my goodness. Patreon.com slash cruelty. And email us. Do it. Just tell me things. Cruelty.pod Don't email me. Yeah, but don't email me and call me like a fat ass. No, tell me stories. Or you'd be like, you could say fat ass, but with a little heart emoji, and I'll be like, yeah. We love fat ass. Fat ass. Mm. Anyway, I love you guys. Mm -hmm. I do. Bye. Bye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. 
Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.